Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about how to become a seven-figure earner. All right, let's jump into it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, hopefully everybody's having a wonderful day. Uh, I'm going to get right into it. I'm super excited about this. This is content that's coming from my book. And if you know me for any period of time, I've literally been obsessed with direct response marketing, advertising, and building successful businesses. Uh, I believe I was doing trying to do a rough estimate of count of how many businesses I've helped to get over a million dollars. I'm at roughly 53 that I can find. Uh, I know there's more than that. I know I've talked to more people and they've used my ideas and uh, I've, I've probably helped hundreds. Uh, but these are the people that have actually hired me to do work over the last three years, uh, well, four years, I should say, to grow their businesses ever since I started working in the online ad buying space and consulting space. So I know a thing or two about building a business to seven figures. This episode is very close, near and dear to my heart. And the reason being is because I myself personally have been striving to build a seven-figure business that doesn't rely on a ton of employees. And, uh, you know, if you're in an agency business, you know what I'm talking about, all the stress, building all those things. I'm trying to find the opposite of that. I've been very close to seven figures multiple times for myself. But what happens for me is as I start building, I don't enjoy the business anymore. I've essentially built high paying jobs. This is my attempt to, to do that uh, through uh, direct response secrets, through the newsletter, uh, through our social followings, through everything that we're building out, through the consulting program uh, to really help people uh, hit their goal of becoming a seven-figure earner. And, and I'm in that stage and I will get there with this business. It is very highly leveraged and I'm going to be sharing everything I learned uh, during the process right here on this podcast and in this newsletter. So let's kind of like just jump right into it. So let me ask you, do you want to become a seven-figure earner? Well, don't worry. I got you. I, I can I can help you. I've helped a lot of people do this before. Essentially, there is a path that you need to take, a journey, uh, and, and that all really starts by identifying where you are in your business. And it's okay if you're in the startup phase. It's okay if you're in the momentum phase. It's okay if you're in the optimization phase. If you're beyond that, I am personally not uh, the right person to help you achieve that. I've only ever helped uh, one business get past 10 million, and I'm not even sure what I was doing was the main cause of it. So I can't really speak on that yet. My plan is to help people build businesses over uh, tens of millions of dollars. I just personally have not gotten there. Uh, I have helped a lot of people at the 1 million to 10 million uh, and, uh, and below. And I kind of know that very, very well through my agency. And when you're first starting out, you got to look at yourself. Like, so the startup phase, I'll break down each one of these phases. And if you're reading the newsletter, you can, you can see everything. I made a sweet little graphic to kind of just showcase what this is. Essentially, on the far left-hand side, for those that are listening, we got uh, stuck. So that's like pre-revenue, uh, under 100K. And then you go into the momentum phase, which is 100K to 500K. And then you have the optimization phase, which is 500K to a million. Uh, and then your seven figures and beyond seven figures to 10 million uh, is really just pulling a couple of dials. And I'll talk about it in great detail here. So let's look at each phase. So the startup phase, 
essentially your pre-revenue. So what are you supposed to focus on if you're pre-revenue? You're supposed to focus on the who, who that you're serving, and the problem that you solve. You want to identify markets and problems, uh, your value proposition, understand your uh, target customers' pain points, uh, and how your products and services can provide that solution. That's what you're focusing on if you're pre-revenue. Uh, now, if you're ren- uh, revenue under 100000 you need to focus on one thing, and that is buyer lead generation. You may be thinking, well, what's buyer lead generation? I'll get into it. Uh, don't worry later on in the episode, but just know that you want to be attracting uh, potential customers through various marketing channels and concentrate on building brand awareness uh, and initial interests into your product. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how to do that here. Uh, now you're gonna, we're going to be entering the momentum phase. Okay. So after you validated your offer, demonstrated market fit, it's time to kind of pick up the pace and get that momentum and start scaling up your business. Now, I don't talk about talent in this at all. You will need to hire people occasionally as you're growing and scaling your business, depending on your model. For me to offer advice on talent with all the different variations of models of businesses, some are super labor intensive, some are not, it just wouldn't make sense. So I left talent out, but you know your business as you start to grow and it it feels unbearable, or as Elon Musk says, looking into the abyss and eating broken glass. uh, If it feels like that, it's time to hire. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get back into it. So the momentum phase, to go from revenues of 100,000 to 500,000, you really want to focus on that conversion path. And again, I'm going to break that down. But now that you got some leads coming in, you really want to look at how we can uh, implement an effective sales process, improve your presentations, refine your call to actions and your messaging. And this also includes uh, on-site uh, conversion optimize uh, optimization as well. So revenue from 500000 to a million, you're looking at your offer price, uh, or secondary offer, depending on if you have a high ticket, frequency and delivery. Essentially, you want to be looking at the your, your pricing. Obviously, when you first started, your pricing might be a little bit low and uh, you might want to raise your price. Here is a golden tip that will make all of my content and all anything that you ever buy from me, my books, my courses, my consulting, I'm going to make you uh, more money with this one thing than you could ever possibly get anywhere else. I've been in all the masterminds. I've done all the things. This is a great tip. So the tip is raise your prices, double them. In fact, if you can, if you can get away with it, I've seen so many businesses just double their revenue by doubling their prices or putting a price uh, increase through and you got to do it. It it really makes sense, especially if you're delivering a world-class service. Um, and, and product delivery. So you got to do it to compete and it only makes sense. You deserve to make money. Um, so yeah, the revenue from 500,000 to a million is offer price frequency, the number of offers you're making that could be uh, through email and such. I'll get into that as well. Delivery, how you're delivering the actual physical uh, deliverabilities, whether that's coaching, whether that's agency, whether that's e-commerce, uh, physical product or some sort of service. Um, we get into that as well. And essentially, you're just trying to optimize to get to the next level, which is uh, the optimization phase. And in the optimization phase, at this point, your business is established and you're just trying to optimize all the little pieces to make it as efficient and as profitable as humanly possible. Um, I always look at leverage points as well. I don't have anything in here about leverage, but I should put something because 
leveraging owned media is has been crucial to my success, and it will be the exact same for yours. So, um, yeah, as I'm as I'm going through this, I'm thinking of ideas to add as well. But yeah, leverage is definitely key. And then so this uh, the optimization phase, one million to ten million, essentially is frequency and retention. Again, you want to be making more higher offers. Uh, and you want to look at ways of, of keeping customers happy for longer. So you're looking at continuity and other things like that uh, to be really powerful. So let's kind of jump in to each phase. So we're going to be doing the startup phase here. And uh, again, we're going to be looking at the, the first part when you're at um, pre-launch, right? You're, you, you have an idea. You think you have an idea. This is what you want to be looking at. You want to be looking at the who. Who can you specifically help? Now, every market is made up of different people, different mindsets, different beliefs. Um, and some want to buy the most expensive thing and some want to buy the cheapest thing. And not all customers or clients are created equal. I'm telling you this from great experience. If you have crazy sales in your e-commerce business, you're going to most likely have a bunch of bargain uh, basement buying <laughs> audience, which is not great for selling high ticket items. Um, and or uh, and another way to say that is profitable items um, where you're actually making uh, margin. So you got to be careful how you're attracting people, bringing them into your business, and they're not all created uh, equally. So an example of this, let's say we sold engagement rings uh, on the low side of the market. Someone's willing to spend five grand on an engagement ring. Uh, on the high end of the market, someone's willing to spend a hundred thousand on the engagement ring. Two different markets, two different, totally different people. They want the same thing. They want to get married. So if you're talking to people who want to get married, that is a very wide uh, market. And what you need to do is specialize and serve someone. And I recommend serving the the higher end of the market because they have more money. And if you can close, uh, you just close one of those deals and you're looking at uh, at least 20 of the other deals. So, <laughs> you know, if you sell one ring for a hundred thousand, that's 20 at the 5,000. So it just, it just makes sense. And believe it or not, it's just as easy to sell a hundred thousand dollar item as it is to sell a five thousand dollar item. I've seen it over and over and over again, so I know it to be true. Yeah, and let's say we were on a, a digital product or service, like on the low end, um, you could essentially offer free info, um, all different types of stuff like that. And then on the high end of the market, you know, you can do consulting for a hundred thousand or a million and. Uh, as long as it made sense for the business. So you can you can really start for like making free content all the way up to being like, hey, pay me a hundred thousand and I'll make your business a million dollars. I know a ton of business owners that would happily pay a hundred thousand dollars to make an additional million, wouldn't you? I'd pay a hundred thousand to make a million all day. Um, so yeah, those are two different markets though. I can't I I can't go after the the low end of just giving everything away for free and or uh low low cost. And I'm not I'm not saying don't have low cost items because you want to service that market as well, but your job is to try to ascend them and uh handpick the select few that can become your uh highly sought after clients and customers. So problem. Um, again, we're still up in the startup phase here. What problem is your business solving? If you have a clear problem that your business solves, it if you don't have a clear problem that your business solves, it's going to be very hard to speak directly to the pain points that your market is facing. 
And again, not all problems are created equal. So I have an example here of like what I call a, a waste of time problem. And essentially we got professionals that work from home and, and the problem that we're looking at solving is essentially they're overwhelmed uh, with the amount of non-essential emails they receive on a daily basis. So the solution to this would be like, hypothetically, is we create an app and then we sell it to them $8 a month to solve this problem. In order to hit a million dollars with a 12 month stick rate, we would need 10,000 417 people a month paying us $8 to achieve that problem. Wow. Like you can do that and you can make money. And I'm not saying you can't have a massive exit off a company like that. It can be done, but it's really, really hard, especially if you're trying to use any type of uh, direct response or uh, paid acquisition on the front end. It can be quite a challenge. Where I have example number two, um, essentially a problem that will uh, allow you to make a lot of money. So we're going to be targeting C-level executives in this hypothetical example. Uh, and the problem that they're having is uh, making uh, strategic decisions within their company, uh, trying to grow their company, find profitability. And they, offer, uh, they often find a struggle to fully leverage the mass amounts of data that their company generates. So this could be an individual who leverages AI, goes in there, organizes their data for them as a contract for $120,000 a year. You sell uh, 10 of those contracts, you're hitting seven figures. So you either sell 10 customers, the, this package where you help them organize their data, or you sell 10,000 and change people an $8 app. See the difference? It, I, I'm leaning towards the latter because uh, it just makes sense. And I've seen it work over and over again, especially if you're using paid advertising. Now, let's look at uh, the next step, which is attention. You, you, need, you need attention in your business. A and what that looks like is... See, I think we get confused uh, about what, what attention is and the, the level of competition online. You're not just competing with whoever's in your industry. You're competing with Lady Gaga when she drops a CD, when uh, there's a new Star Wars movie. You're competing with all these people online for attention. So attention is like the, the main momentum starter that you need in your business. And that comes from a bunch of different ways. And I'll, and I had a full episode on the content strategy that I use to get attention and that you can copy. We've used that to generate uh, upwards of $50,000 months. It works well. And I know people that are using it doing seven and even eight figures without running any ads. So uh, it, it is totally possible. So when it comes to attention though, what, this is the question I like to ask, like what does your market need to get their attention? Like what, what do they need? What are they looking for? What are their goals? Uh, and it's your goal to make your free content better than what everybody is selling. So think about that. Imagine you're competing with somebody and they have a 997 course or they have a $10,000 coaching program and you provide the exact same content, if not better, for free. That tells the market something, uh, that there's quality there and that they should listen and that they should pay attention. And if they go and they implement these things that you're talking about, boom, everything changes for their business. Everybody grows and then they come back to see what else you can do for them and ultimately scale and grow their business. So I'm not going to go too deep into attention because I've already really talked about it, but there's a short form 
and a long form content. Your short form content is like uh, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You want to get their attention once you have their attention. The whole purpose of that attention is to direct them to your long form because you want to go deep with these people. You want to have them listen to everything, all your ideas, all your concepts, all the value that you have in one single place. Um, and, and they can do that in an afternoon if they want, instead of uh, like seeing a tweet here, tweet here. Like you want to give somebody the ability to go deep with you the second they see you and, and like what you're saying. So that's what long form is. And that's the strategy. I won't go into the examples, but they're there if you want to read them in the newsletter. Uh, unique mechanism. How do we achieve the desired result? So as a company, how do we get this result for our customer or for our clients? Uh, the step-by-step -step process on how we get results for our, our clients. Now, again, I have example of a, a product, a physical product and a digital product. And I should, I should just say like the reason I've done physical and digital is because it'll work for both and it'll work really well. I've seen it for, if you're selling something, this, this, all this stuff works and it all makes sense. And you can get to seven figures a thousand different ways. So I wanted to kind of cover the basis. So in this example for a physical product, I'm talking about a high tech water purifier uh, for home use. So the mechanism that they use is a five-stage purification process. So that's the unique mechanism, a five-stage purification process. And then I go through and break down each step of that process. And that's how we get the desired result. And what is the desired result? Well, they want clean drinking water. They're worried about pathogens and all these other things. So in order to have the cleanest possible water to put into our bodies, we need to use this process. And the only spot this is available is through our company. Oh, cool how that works, right? So that's a unique mechanism. And on the digital side, you could be an agency and you can have, uh, I have it written here, a comp comprehensive, data-driven, personalized social media strategy. That, that's kind of wordy. You could find uh, something snappy to put that together, but there's a five-step process on how we go about getting these amazing results for uh, our clients, if we were that agency, hypothetically. And essentially what the unique mechanism does is it sets you apart from everybody else because everybody can get somebody leads. Everybody can build a funnel. Everybody can, uh, not everybody, but anybody in your marketing, you know what I'm saying? Like copywriters, uh, all copywriters can kind of write. There, there are uh, a small percentage that are 10 times better than everybody else. Those are the outliers. But on average, you can get pretty good copy from a lot of different places, and especially with like ChatGTP and all these other things everybody's leveraging. It's really hard to see where the great talent is coming from. But I mean, how do you stand out in that sea of competition as a provider or even as a physical product? You need to have a unique mechanism that will make you different because only you can do it the way that you do it. And by putting a process on that, there goes your sales. I remember when I first put it into our agency profitable ads, our sales like 10 X uh, in the following months, like nobody can compete with us because we're playing a different game. We're not just making sales. Uh, we are using a profitable ads formula. That's what we called it. And a uh, step-by-step -step process to get someone to where they needed to go. And guess what? It worked. And as it worked, we got more testimonials and we were able to grow and scale the business. Amazing. Uh, the next step would be in the momentum phase. I think that um, attention, unique mechanism, and buyer lead are all in the momentum phase. That's where I'd place them. And essentially what a buyer lead is, and people get confused by this, and that's okay because we're used to hearing like lead magnets and all this different stuff. That's not this. 
What this is, is something that you can sell to help your uh, your desired customer or client achieve their desired outcome faster. So it, it, like, let's say if you were a service company, this might be you splinter off a little piece of your service, whether that's um, doing some sort of analytics setup or something that you can package and sell for very inexpensive and it takes you next to no time to do. But whenever somebody buys that, that's a buyer lead, which is a lot different than a free lead magnet. So somebody buys from you, boom, that person is interested in what you have to say, what you're doing, having it implemented. Now that person is 10 times more qualified than someone who's just put in for a lead magnet. And I would even say a thousand times because money just is like a voting mechanism if they're if they're buying and they're voting with their money you gotta have like that that's it this is your person these are the people you need to, you need to talk to and and money is kind of like the divider you could have a following of let's say ten thousand people on your socials but you have you know maybe 20 30 40 50 100 people buying from you every single month that's your lead pool that's who you want to close everybody else you just want to get them to buy your your uh become a buyer lead and and you do that by promoting through the attention phase through your your short form and long form content. Uh, so here's an example of a physical product. Essentially, um, you could do a uh, like an introductory offer. Uh, I have like a eco-friendly kitchen uh, appliances. They could offer like a discount starter pack, which can include uh, essential items such as uh, Blender, toaster, kettle, bundle, like instead of selling fridges and, and stoves, which are in the thousands, you can start off in the hundreds by selling these little uh, little appliances, get them to see the value in your products, and then sell them into the bigger items. So the digital service uh, example would be, um, let's say you are a digital marketing uh, consultancy and you start off with an introductory course on search engine optimization. And essentially, you can provide the same value as you would as a service through teaching. When they a small percentage buys, then they realize, hey, I don't want to implement this. I, I just want to pay someone to do it. And then boom, you're there to help them. Now, the, the next step is, uh, again, we're really looking at, uh, let me pull up my chart here. So we're right in the thick of it here. Um, so... Sorry, let me recap that. We have the who, the problem, attention, and unique mechanism. Those are all in the startup phase. The momentum phase, 100 to 500K, you got your buyer lead, and then you got your conversion path, which is, uh, let's break this down for you. So your conversion path is, uh, what path does a customer need to take to buy my high ticket offer. And I have the word high ticket here. Don't get caught up on the words because this could be high margin, whatever it is. Like if you're a dentist and you sell dentures and that's your money maker, boom, that's high ticket. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the products and services and, uh, and the things that we really uh, want to sell because they make us the most money and they're the greatest value that we can provide to our end customer. And uh, the conversion path is just like is a is a process, and I'm going to do a whole whole episode on this, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. But essentially, and, and you can read this here um, and go into it. 
but essentially what it is, is we need to understand and reverse engineer what it would take somebody to know, trust, and like us and really buy from us. What do they need to see? How do we get them even interested? How do they get them to consider us? What's their intent behind it? Are they evaluating us and other people? Um, how do we get them to purchase? And then ultimately, how do we get them to uh, stay on as long as possible through retention and advocate for us? That's what we're looking to do. Um, and when we get that dialed in, sales go through the roof. Sales go through the roof because you're you're able to create a predictable system on how to feed the machine. And that's what I call the conversion path. I'm going to do a whole, um, a whole episode on that. So stay tuned on that. Um, the next is uh, in the momentum phase is offer. So your offer is, I think offer is one of the, greatest misunderstood things about selling online. So if you sell um, if you sell a hammer, the offer isn't the hammer or the price and stuff like that. Those, those are deliverables inside of the offer. Um, what the offer is, is what the customer truly desires and or the transformation that you provide or what you sell provides. In the example of a hammer, you know, I don't want a hammer. I want something to be nailed, <laughs> right? Like, so that that's the offer. We're, we're getting people their desired outcome and uh, we want to identify what the market truly wants. So here's a great question that I like to reflect on is what does your customer truly desire and what is the transformation that you provide? So when you're looking at your offer, you can think about not just the things that go in it, those are the deliverables, we'll get into a second, but that outcome that you can provide for them. Um, and, and there's lots of ways to look at this. Like, so for a physical example, we have a sporting equipment company and essentially uh, the, their customers are competitive athletes. They truly desire to enhance their performance and get an edge over their competitors. That's what they start talking about. That that's the their unique mechanism helps them get that transformation, right? It, it's not a better rack, like it essentially we're talking about tennis rackets here, but like um they're they are better rackets, but at the same time, it's that's not what makes it special. What makes it special is that it's specific for these individuals and it'll help them get the outcome that they desire. So in the uh in a digital or service example, um, if we have a cybersecurity uh, consultancy firm and uh, their customers are typically large uh, corporations who desire robust security systems to prevent data breaches that could cost uh, cost them millions and harm their reputation. The firm offers a comprehensive security package, including risk assessment, um, uh, system upgrades and employee training, all these all these different things which are deliverables. But I mean, and your unique mechanism could be there as well. But all the customer wants is to not spend millions of dollars and ruin the reputation. That's what they want, right? That's what they truly desire. They don't care about uh, like all these other things. Like, yes, they're part of sales, your deliverabilities and all that stuff. And the step-by-step -step things that you need to do to get the result, like that does matter eventually. But deep down, all they want is the problem to go away. They want to make sure that they're secure. Their reputation is secure. They're not going to have a breach and they're not going to have to pay millions and millions of dollars. That's what they truly desire. So think about your business. What, 
what does your customer truly desire and, and what kind of a transformation do you provide for them? All right, the next one is delivery. Now, I like to think, uh, a good question here to think is, how am I gonna deliver on my promises? If you think about uh, all your marketing, your offer, everything that you've done, you've made a ton of promises, now you need to be able to back that up. So this is the products and services uh, that you provide to your customer after they pay. I would call it the actual work that your company needs to do in order to help your customer achieve their goal. And uh, you can see here, there's there's a couple examples if you're reading the newsletter, um, but if you're not, essentially we have a sports equipment company and they go over the top by having a premium courier service, uh, ensuring safe, fast delivery, after sales support, like all the things that they need to actually get the product to the customer. Uh, and we want to do that to the best of our possible abilities. And again, we have a um, the digital and service example. We have a cybersecurity firm uh, who delivers their services through a combination of on-site and remote operations. Um, and and they they deliver on their unique mechanism. And and that's delivery. That that's the the actual work that happens. That's where you most likely will need a team. Uh, and or third-party people. Unless you own a shipping company, you're probably not going to be shipping a whole lot of products yourself uh, unless you're using the mail. But if you're using a premium courier service, you're going to need a third party for that. Even if you are shipping to the mail, you're going to have to use the postal service uh, to help and support you. And if you're in this example, the digital service example, if you're a uh, cybersecurity firm, then you're going to need a team to be able to go on site and deliver all, all of your promises. So there's a big difference, as you can notice, from the offer and the delivery. The delivery is what everybody thinks is the offer, but the offer is just the transformation that you provide that really speaks to that true desire. Cool, right? Hopefully you, you catch that. Hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down because that is extremely valuable. Um, <clears throat> okay, the next step after we've delivered our products and services, we want to look at Ascension. Somebody who's just bought from you, they are most likely to buy from you again. And uh, I like to ask, how can I get my uh, buyer leads to buy my high ticket or high margin offers? That's a great question. Now, if you did the work in the conversion section, uh, the conversion path, you are going to be like, you already have 99% of that done. So the the ascension and delivery is all about optimization. So we're in the optimization phase now. Sorry, I just had to scroll up so I can see what was going on. And uh, the ascension is 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 the goal. We're going to take our buyer leads, and then we're going to figure out a way through our conversion path to ascend them to the next level, so they can buy our high ticket products, our higher uh, margin offerings. Um, so we can make money and we can really help them. So I have an example here of, uh, I've recently purchased a solo stove. I'm not sponsored by them, but if you ever have a chance to see one or buy one, pretty cool things. But here's the thing, you buy the solo stove, next thing you know, you need um, all, all the other accessories that they have. They have like this pizza oven and all different things and they have all these accessories and it's very expensive stuff. 
But you don't know that until you kind of buy the stove. And like once you're in the family, you're like, wow, I need this heat shield. Wow, I need this poker. Wow, I need this barbecue grill. Wow, I need this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and so on. Uh, and that's how they get you to spend more money. And and you don't feel bad doing it because you're like, you're already committed. And I'm most likely to purchase a solo stove and all their accessories because I have a solo stove. It was the same thing when I when we bought our RV. It was the exact same thing. There's all these uh, sub markets that just services our just service RV. And the second I owned that uh, the vehicle, everybody like I was like, wow, why is RV toilet paper twice as much as regular toilet paper? <laughs> and it's thinner. It doesn't make sense, but it's because it's special market and they mark it up, and that's kind of how they do it. Um, again, you want to send people to your high margin. Um, offerings in that example. So the digital uh, or service example, we're looking at a financial advisor essentially could sell like an ebook or an online course about investment strategies for a lower price, get people in the door and then give their customer kind of a taste of their expertise and then work on getting them, you know, managing their funds get them in a call. Um, offer them maybe an even like a mid-level ticket uh, program where you're going to do like their their financial planning. Maybe that's five thousand. So let's say you sell a book for ten thousand. Your financial planning stuff is five thousand, and then you want them to come on as full-time management. And that's how you ascend somebody up your business. That should be your goal. Uh, and then we have uh, frequency. Frequency is. When you're in the optimization phase, that's 500,000 to a million. Frequency is the name of the game. Of course, we want to send them our existing customers to our bigger products. But I mean, if you have a front end that's working and everything's firing, frequency is the numbers game, baby. Let's go. Uh, so a great question to ask here is, how can I sell more to my existing customers? So um, there's a very smart individual named uh, Myron Golding, and he he always talks about uh, the more offers you make, the more sales you make. And I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I remember early on in uh, my agency business, and even with the the newsletters there, we the the more people I talked to, and the more buyer leads that I had, the greater the sales were. Like it just it I grew my company exponentially because I was talking to more people. So if if you have, if you make 10 more, uh, 10x more offers today, you're going to have 10x more revenue. It's, it's just a numbers game. You have something that's working, you're servicing a market, you have everything else in line. And we want to be trying to optimize how do we get our offer into as many people's hands as possible. Uh, the physical product example I have here is uh, a company selling eco-friendly personal care products. Essentially, they implement uh, SMS strategies to help them uh, send personalized offers and product recommendations um, and reminders for replenishments to their existing customers, right? They're, they already know, trust, and like you. It's just a matter of hitting them again and often. And the more you hit them, the more that they will buy from you, the more they'll appreciate that, which will allow you to grow. And that's just like the law of numbers. Uh, the digital service, an example. So let's say you're a digital marketing agency. Uh, you can send daily emails uh, and strategies to improve your online presence. Now, I send a weekly email. Some people send daily emails. If I was being super hungry and wanted to grow my business, you better bet that I'd be sending an email every single day. And you might be thinking, well, Zach, people don't want to hear from me every single day. Well, then they're not your people, right? Like they're they're not meant for you. 
Um, I, I would rather have somebody unsubscribe and, and not listen to my stuff, save space and my time and energy for people that are really serious about growing their business, using direct response, and ultimately becoming a seven-figure earner. And you have to be okay with that. Like there's some people that are so hardcore that like if somebody stops buying their product, they will literally never sell to them again. <laughs> like I know I know people that do subscriptions and when people cancel, they refuse to sell to them. I, I don't truly buy into that. I know things change and, and stuff goes up and down, but what they want is really serious people to buy their products and services and, and maintain. So that's something to think about. You know, like you increase your frequency, the number of times you're hitting somebody with an offer, the more likely they are going to buy. Now, I'm not saying spam your list, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. You need to truly be adding value in these emails. Like if if your emails aren't worth opening, don't send it. Um, but you know what I'm saying? You need more opportunities to get your message in front of the people that know, trust and like you. All right. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. So, and the the last step that I have for you is retention. So I like to think, how can I keep my customers for longer and increase my LTVs? You can do this a number of different ways. Um, I have a physical example here. Um, our goal here is just to like keep our current customers that we have and get them to spend more money with you. That That's the just of, of retention, ultimately keeping them happy with customer service and everything else and all your other offers. But our goal is just to keep the people that know and trust and like us for as long as humanly possible. And uh, if I'm a physical product brand, we can do that. Um, for this example, let's say I'm a high-end cosmetic company. You could implement a loyalty program where people earn points every time they buy, which can give them uh, redemptions for discounts, special products, exclusive experiences, et cetera, et cetera, keeping them uh, in love with your company and your products and ultimately increasing their lifetime value with you. And a lot of, um, I find like a lot of cosmetic companies, when somebody finds a product they like, they stick with it for years. The issue that these companies have is that they they don't try to upsell their customers in any way. Um, a loyalty program is a great way to do that because it's non-intrusive and it's valuable to the customer. They're already going to buy it anyways. They might as well try to save some money. And then you can maybe do bundle offers and ultimately increase the LTV. All right. Now, the digital examples, let's say we had a cloud-based management software company. Uh, you could create a continuity program, essentially, it could be a form of uh, subscription service with different tiers that provides uh, different levels of functionalities and services. Uh, the customer uh, would be willing to uh, invest in uh, learning the systems and integrating and all these different, uh, different things. Essentially, my point here is if you have some sort of SaaS or uh, continuity program such as training, it'll become invaluable to your customers because it allowed them to use your core products better. And, and if your core products already get them results and they're loving it, we just want to keep them on the hamster wheel. We want to keep them going and playing uh, and keep getting the results, especially if they're they're seeing results. This A continuity program makes it very hard for somebody to want to leave. And in, in marketing and in digital spaces, uh, continuity programs are king. Like you can have a very low membership site that's like $97 a month, all the way up to $1,000 a month, depending on how you service your clients or, or even more. There's people that I know that have like $10,000 
coaching programs. And essentially it's like a group coaching program and they, they help their customers get a major, major, major result. Um, but essentially it's just, it's continuity inside of their businesses. So it allows people to grow and scale. So that's retention. And uh, I just want to leave you with one more little idea here. We're going to be wrapping up. Um, the way to get to seven figures and the way I think about it is, is just a little bit of math. So if you're selling something for a thousand dollars, you are literally a thousand sales away from making a million bucks. If you go uh, behind, you go deep and you go behind uh, your campaigns, you're looking at about 20 sales a week to hit that goal, right? So you only have to sell $20,000 a week to hit your goal. Now, if you were to double your price, as I said in the beginning to let's say 2000, you're only 10 sales a week. And the higher the ticket, the easier it is to sell and ultimately hit your goal. And I'm not suggesting that you just like haphazardly raise your prices, but I do recommend you consider it. I think they're there, like if your entire positioning is on is on price and value, you probably don't want to raise it. But maybe you can think of a different offer to a different customer segment that you wouldn't need to just rely on price. Because what happens is that it becomes a race to the bottom, especially if you're in a commoditized market. So you don't want to be in a commoditized market. Follow this process. This will help you get to seven figures and beyond. Uh, I, as I mentioned, we've done it a lot of times for people. And uh, now... This could be like a little caveat is don't run out and do all this at once. Know where you are. Focus on the things that you need to focus on. And as you start to get momentum, you can get to that next stage. Don't try to do this all at once. You're going to give yourself a, a massive headache and it is just totally not worth it. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. I absolutely love bringing this content to you. It's uh, It means the world to me. Now, my only ask that I have is that if you would like my marketing brain to work for your business, consider coming on the podcast. We would do like a hot seat style uh, interview where essentially you tell me the, the things you're working on in your business and I will give you all every step-by-step the things that you need to do um, to grow your business to seven figures and beyond. And uh, there'll be a link in the newsletter to do that. So uh, yeah, let's let's apply. And there's a lot of benefits in it for you because you're going to get featured uh, as an expert in your field. Uh, we do amazing graphics and, and we make you look like a million bucks. Uh, you're going to get massive exposure uh, through our audience, uh, which is ever growing. And then you get to put my marketing skills to work for your business. And guess how much it costs? It's free 99. It's absolutely free. You come on and you get all the benefits. I get the benefit because I get to create amazing content. The community gets the benefit because they actually get to solve the same problems that you're going to be solving in your business. And it's just a win-win for everybody involved. So click the link at the bottom of the newsletter if that interests you. And uh, I guess I'll see you in the next one. All right. Peace.